Hi guys and welcome back to Birmingham Fan TV. This is the BFTV podcast episode 15. I think it's episode 15. Um, obviously, you'll see, no Mark, no Emily. Emily's ill. Mark is watching the England women's game because, yeah, we don't have to. We won't go to Mark uh, and Chris can't make it this week. However, I have got a new addition to the team. This is Jacob. Jacob, say hello. Hi guys. Um... Jacob's been my good friend for a, a good number of years now, um, and you're off the back of your... What was your role at Macclesfield? Um, it was a uh, media officer. You were so, media officer at Macclesfield. So, Sol Campbell? Uh, controversial figure, to say the least. Is it, is he it? was, yeah, he's a bit outspoken, but a great character to be around. Is he actually? Yeah. yeah. He, I, yeah. I, I get an air of arrogance from Sol Campbell. Like... He's he was definitely arrogant, but the work that he done kind of he was he was saying yeah he, was, he had a right to be arrogant really, but um, he transformed that, that football club in the matter of a, a couple of months because yeah it was all going completely downhill um, they were rock bottom dead and buried yeah like an amateur sort of club and then um, but he like took them over and just had a more professional attitude about them, which. It's great to see, and hopefully they can kick on this season. But yeah, no, he, he he did a great job, didn't he? And I know he got the plaudits. I don't know if you saw it. Obviously, working within the club, does he does he notice the plaudits when he was in there? Did he? Um, did, did he did he know he was doing? I a good think job? he knew. Deep down, he knew all along. Ever since his first press uh, press conference, he knew, it was as if he was doing the club a favour. Yeah. So yeah, it's all about that. Um, yeah, yeah, he knew he was doing a good job. Yeah. So you've got to. A dab hand in this uh, this industry and this field, and um, obviously put your tin hat on because it gets worse with Blues fans. <laughs> Don't take any offence. Blues fans are, are ruthlessly critical. Uh, I'm watching all you guys. I see your comments, but thank you anyway. I do mean to thank you all um, for getting involved. Obviously, I know it's been a tough week. I know the monk sacking video was my last video. I know we didn't do a podcast uh, last week. I've been extremely busy. Uh, I go away next week, and I didn't have time to film a podcast. I didn't have people uh, on hand to come and film with me. But I've been waiting for Jacob to get back off his lads' holiday. To be honest, to get him on, no pressure. I'm here now. No, so no pressure, mate. <laughs> but, okay, where do we start? It's been a long two weeks since I last did one. Lots changed in this football. Club. A lot has happened. I, scratching my head. Um, Monk's gone. Obviously, I tapped into that in my video, reaction video, and obviously people have heard my side of it. What's your opinion on it? Um, <laughs> I was absolutely devastated when the news broke, actually. Um, just, obviously, the rumours had sprouted out saying that he'd look set to leave, whether it be resignation or uh, that the board sapped him. And then it sort of died down a little bit, didn't it, really? Yeah. Like, probably about a day or two I think uh, he, after. He said that, or he, there was whispers that he said he had no idea. Yeah, he, he confirmed he was going to stay regardless. Yeah. And I did have, um, had somebody I knew who was telling me that he'd gone and I, I kind of brushed it off. Like, yeah, it's... It's not happening. Yeah. And then I was, in fact, I, oh yeah, I was sat on the balcony 
ready to go out, have a good time. I was already feeling bad enough as it was. Like, I had a bad night before, so I needed something to lift my spirits. And then all I see on my phone is a notification. Birmingham City Football Club tweeted. And then it was a Gary Monk statement. And I just went, oh, please don't let this be what I think it's going to be. And then bang, they, they delivered, didn't they? Um, yeah. It's... <laughs> it's just like one step forward, two steps back all oh, yeah. the time. Oh, um, um, the work that he's put into the club, uh, not not just the club as well, but the community, like his tireless efforts. It was just it, it felt good to be a Blues fan again. Yeah. Um, and all that with his departure, all that seems to have just been taken away a little bit. Um, but you know, we 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 we've always we've come been through worse. I suppose we've had we've had worse scenarios. Yeah, um, we'll, we've faced adversity before. We'll, we'll come through it. We've, I mean, we've previously come off the back of Steve Cottrell. <laughs> yeah. We know what that is, to be honest. Um, it was a tough. It was a tough one. Yeah. Uh, obviously, the rumours had almost prepared oh. people for what was coming. Mm-hmm. Um, we brushed it off. Things went quiet. We come back and obviously it was not a great way to start with. But I think what worries Blues fans more than Monk going, which is bad enough in itself, um, is the statement reads so many different things. I'm going to take this off because obviously (laughs) it's zinging all over the place. Um, It reads too many things for you to, to digest in one go. You've got the club want to change philosophy, which we'll get into in a minute. They want to promote the youth. Uh, they they say on one hand that they get, they're ready to reinvest in the squad, which reads that obviously they're going to spend money. But then on one hand, how can you reinvest in the squad but bring through youth and have this youth mentality? It makes no sense. Um, there were so many conflicting things in the, in the statement that I thought, obviously I've gone back and read it a few times, tried to make sense of it doesn't make sense to be honest it makes no sense um, what was your thoughts on it obviously the, the the change in philosophy first of all was like yeah there were a lot of elements to it which like you say didn't quite add up um, it, it literally is when I read it I, I said straight away it's almost as if we've gone straight back to like the, the Gary Rabbit Zola transition again um, I understand I, obviously every club wants to have you know, an attractive sort of philosophy, want to play attractive football. Yeah. Um, it's just how you, I think it's just going about it in the wrong way, um, if, I'm, if I'm being honest. Um, it's just, there's different steps to, to get to that sort of stage and it's all about progression really, like you build up to that. Uh, whereas here, I've just completely, you know, wipe the block starting to try and start cleaning right. slate again yes yeah. it's it takes time it takes time and they i think they expect it to be like instant and yeah it doesn't happen like that unfortunately no it doesn't and obviously like i say it's all right them wanting to change of philosophy um and if they were to have said we're going to change the philosophy so we're going to sack monk but then they have a replacement they have a, a someone that you can put your trust into a manager with some pedigree of reputation of, um, of implementing this philosophy 
I don't think Blues fans would have been as, as hostile as they are currently. The fact that they've um, sacked Monk to bring in his assistant manager screams an air of, in my eyes, what I've picked up from it. And I might be wrong, um, is financial difficulty, if anything. Oh, yeah, I, I, I sort of get the feeling that financial implications have had, like, meant that they've had to stay on. Yeah. But, like, that, that was one of the things that stood out for me. But, because I remember early in the, uh, earlier in the day when it got announced that Blues had parted company, because um, there was the ongoing issue with Lee Bowyer having contract issues at Charlton. Yeah. And I literally, I would have just assumed that if they were going to make such a step like that, obviously they'd have, like I say, somebody with a, a decent pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like lined up yeah. in, in replacement for it but it just seems like I've just took, took the cheap option and we've got a puppet in, in Clotet I think yeah clearly so he's a good coach he really is and I think that I did some um, research into his time at Oxford which was his last um, managerial job I've got the, the notes here um, somewhere wasn't that it was his first as well wasn't it is it his one and only? Um, it's his only managerial yeah, job. Yeah. But he's had. He's had a number of coaches. He's had a number of jobs. Um, I can't seem to find it, but I think it was 29 games, 10 wins, 8 draws, 11 defeats. So it's not bad reading. Um, Blues only managed 14 wins last season in the whole of the season. He had 10 wins in January. Um, Oxford had never been as high at that point as they were under Clotet. Mm. He still got the sack, um, so it made no sense. They'd scored, I think it was 44 goals as of January. We only scored 64 last season, 20 off what we amounted. His stats made for decent reading. His stats made for a manager that shouldn't have been sacked. I remember, I remember when he did get appointed at Oxford and there was like an air of excitement around the club at the time and he did start off he did start off really well yeah, and they were playing um, attractive football like attacking football as well um, and then obviously marred by 7-0 home defeat to Wigan yeah. and, and the, the occasional occasional defeat I, I, I can't quite touch on why he was he was sacked in the end they, I, I can't yeah, I can't remember why he was I watched um, an interview with I couldn't tell you the name I'll, I'll plug it down below there was a YouTube clip that came out last week an interview with Clotet in January just gone yeah. some American chap came over and interviewed him um, and asked him a whole bunch of questions about his philosophy and what he's doing at Blues and what happened at um, Oxford he asked him do you think they were right to sack you he said no um, straight up said no it wasn't right we were building a project that was going to take time and to be where they were at 10th was a good position. Obviously, they could have been a bit higher. Yes, they had the 7-0 home defeat, but most of the games they were competitive in. If they lost, they lost 1-0. They lost 2-1. When they won, they were winning 3 or 4-0, some, some of the games. They were winning big away games. Their home form was pretty good. They, they hadn't lost many at home. And we're going to be like the Man City of that league, so to speak. Yeah. I know that's hard to say. Um, I don't believe he should have been sacked, you know, reading it. Um, some of the players they had weren't 
yeah. of a good standard. <laughs> they had some good League One players and they had some very, very average ones. Um, <sighs> it's pretty pretty much a similar sort of team to, to what they have now. And they've been yeah. by, mired in a, a relegation battle for most of the season this year. Yeah. Um, you just have to look at the progress that they've made since... Well, since he departed, it's nothing. It's just it's stagnant. So, yeah, um, yeah I think uh, Cole Robinson took over Oxford, didn't he, this year? And like, we managed to keep him up. But there weren't there were a few good players, but there wasn't any real standout. Like Kurt, Curtis Nelson, maybe, was an exception. And um, we had Jack Payne on loan, yeah. who we were linked with today. It's it's a diff. It's completely in when you compare Oxford to Blues, it's two completely different circumstances. Yeah. And when you consider he's he's had he's had eighteen. Well, I'll say eighteen. Well, it's fifteen months. Pretty much. With Blues. Yeah. Uh, 16, 15, 14, 15 yeah, months. Yeah, something, roughly. Something like that. Um, the players all know him. Yeah. He knows the players. The players respect him. Um, they know what he wants. So. There's no reason to suggest that he won't be able to get the best out of the players. It's just man management. It's that's it. Good coaches don't always make good managers. Yeah. Uh, that's my worry. I know that Pep's a footballing man. Uh, he's been and studied in every continent. He's, he's done his own work. He's studied everywhere. He's, he's took the game on. He's articulate. He's in-depth. He's meticulous with his work. It worries me, though, that you need a leader sometimes. Pep doesn't strike me as a leader. No. He strikes me as a man that can do the football inside, but like you say, not the man management side. You know, when there's issues, is he the man to, to hold the team together? Monk had that. Monk had uh, an air of authority about him. He was strong. You you listened to him. Not that you wouldn't respect Pep, but I think that's that's. What it was as well, like Pep and, and Monk like complemented each other so well in terms of their you know their knowledge and man management, and, like the coaching. Like both of them managed to like sort of bring out the best in each other. Yeah. Um, it's just it, when you when you reflect on it as a whole, it, just, it just seems so pointless in just in, in getting rid of Monk unless you want yeah. to make some sort of statement. And what that statement is, I'm, <laughs> I don't quite know. There's obviously, there's obviously. I'm not going to touch on it because I'm not going to sit here and claim that I know everything that's gone on behind the scenes. There's obviously been this big issue with the agent sort of stuff. Um, Monk trying to use his agent to get as many deals through the through the door as possible. All of them had to come through his agent. Mm. That doesn't bode well. And obviously, I can understand the board's frustration on that one. Um, Monk was very adamant he didn't want to change the philosophy because he probably couldn't because certain managers can't play that brand of football. It's not in their DNA. Um, I get that as well. I understand the board want to make that change. They they don't want us to be this dogged, defensive, hard to beat. We're going to be you 1-0. We're going to come in here and play for the draw. They want to be that team that goes and takes the game to people. I like that. I've been calling for that for four years saying that I'm sick of being this Gary Rowett team. While it gets results at times, what is the idea of football is to be entertained at the same time. You go there to be entertained. Um, 
obviously it's getting that balance. We need a manager that can implement that then, like we say. And with it, they've took a huge gamble with that. It, it worries me because financially, if they take the gamble, it doesn't pay off, we go down. If we were in financial trouble now, we'd be, we'd be in a Bolton. Yeah, severe financial implications. So it worries me. Um, obviously, you've then got Beals gone as well. Big talk. Uh, it is a big talking point, actually. Um, because there's murmurs of discontent, wasn't there, between... Uh, it was a, the charity charity gig as well. Yeah. I mean, you, you had that, and with um, the ongoings with Christian Speakman as well. Apparently, him and Richard Beale didn't quite get along, and conflicts of interests, and... Yeah, but the, the whole story that's, that's kind of stemmed out about Beale and Monk going to this, this charity charity gig in, in the wake of the under-23s game against Leeds. Yeah. Um, I can understand why the board would be upset about that. Yeah. I, you, you would, wouldn't you? From a business like, standpoint. From a business point of view, you can, you can totally understand. It's just... He's <laughs> had this planned for a long time. It's an annual thing now. And he didn't know the Blues were going to get to that final. No. I'm sure he felt that Robbo was more than capable of taking that team there and doing the best that they could. And to be fair, they didn't disgrace themselves. They got to penalties and lost. It's not our fault that they, the, the lads couldn't take a penalty on day because yeah. I watched the game and it was some tragic penalty taking. We should have won that game in normal time. So he can't account for that. Uh, I think that the sack in that one is, for me, is more disappointing mm. than Monks almost because Beal's a Blues fan. Yeah, lives, lives, breathes and he's, speaks Blues. He's been there for 10 years. I think to, to treat him like that is nothing short of a disgrace. If you want to, again, if you want to change the philosophy in the under-23s, do it a different way. Don't sack him. Put him in another role. Bring him in and do something else. Don't sack him. And especially if it's over something as, as stupid as, as going to a charity game. <laughs> then the, the board, they, they haven't, you know, cut themselves in glory, have they? At the end of the day, you just you just have to look at the work that he's done. Um, the some of the people, the players that have come through, it speaks volumes about the work that he's put into yeah. into developing the, the youth academy and, and leading it, directing it, managing it. Um, so what is our loss will definitely be somebody else's gain. Oh, yeah, it's not going to struggle to get work, is it? Um, and that, and that's the sad thing. Robbo's been put in charge. The rumor has it that. Um, Javier Calm is due to come in <laughs> okay not not going to sit here and, and claim that I know anything about that one I know nothing about this guy I know that he's coming from the club that we have the affiliation with which is Cordes UA I, I don't Something know the team 4th like division or 3rd division yeah so, uh, yeah. And I get it, again, I get it, but what worries me is not all Spanish teams play Spanish football, like, you, you, again, you're taking another massive risk, I feel like they're only taking it because we have this affiliation with them, uh, you, I, I know the, the mould they're trying to go for is this Brentford mould, Brentford play attacking football, Brentford play front foot football, Brentford play very, 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 very entertaining football, which I'm incredibly jealous of. 
and the club itself is ran like a well-oiled machine. They bring in players for one, two million. They bring through youth. They develop them. They all play the same way. They play this fantastic philosophy from the 18s to 23s to the, you know, the seniors. And then they sell them on for stupid amounts of money and, and keep going. And that that cycle continues. And they're just, you know, they're building a new stadium now because of this work. They're growing. They're, they're a club that are growing. They're trying to go for that, but they're going around it the whole the wrong way. Yeah. For me, it's, it's worrying that a man who has the football knowledge of my eight-year-old sister, um, who really has only ever run a failed camp in China, like a football camp, is, is making these big changes. And I don't know what your take is on it, but... Yeah, I... I when you look at his, his history, his career history... Yeah, his career history speaks for itself. I, it doesn't scream at you as a, a man who can, who can lead for any football club, for that matter, ideally. No. It's, you sort of get elements of his decisions are, are like purely like commercial-based, like the, the attractive philosophy, like um, just different, different elements just scream at you as if... It, He's treating it as if it be, like it's a business, which seems like, a little bit obvious now. Yeah, he's a businessman. They are businessmen, all of them, Edward Chang, um, Don Wren, and even the, the big bosses ahead of them, who you don't see, who we don't know about, I don't know about them, but I know they're in China. They're all businessmen, they're all incredibly intelligent businessmen, but a football club is ran in a completely different manner to a business. You've got to have that business element. But it's it's more than that. I think they they allude to the whole structure of it. I think they're missing key key components of it all. There's so like like you said with Brentford, like the Brentford model. Even with like Norwich, with obviously they had a great season. Obviously, of course, going up. Yeah. Um, but it took it took a time and there were so many different components that you had to put together uh, the scouting the, well, obviously the academy system bringing yeah. in Daniel Fark the manager giving him time to like sort everything out on the pitch yeah um, it's just I think they were just a bit impatient with, with what they what they want to do like you, you can admire the ambition but just go the wrong way about it yeah it really isn't. I'm glad you touched on Norwich because, you know, anybody that's watched this before, obviously people know my um, admiration for Stuart Webber, who's the technical director, head of football at Norwich. He was brought in from Huddersfield. He got Huddersfield up. He did all the transformation at Huddersfield, got the club rolling, um, got them up, played a great round of football when they went up or a decent brand of football. I think Huddersfield went in a different direction. He went and then got in at Norwich and he'd been there for two years before they'd gone up. He changed the, the philosophy. If you read, if you watch uh, Talk Norwich City's interview with him this week, he says at times it wasn't working. Not in his first season when Norwich finished about 14th, 13th, things weren't working there and he was... You know, you know, he says it's a process. It's it takes time. He's got he's, he's they've redone the training ground, uh, the youth the academy they've brought through um, Max Aaron's and, and and all of that. 
and Daniel Farker was on the brink of losing his job at the start of last season because they didn't start the season right. Uh, but you've got to, it takes time to build that philosophy. It's not something that you can click your fingers and we'll win 10 games start next season. It's not going to happen. What I've been saying over the last two weeks, I have many conversations with my old man, is that for Blues to start moving forward, to take that first step forward in the right direction, we need someone like that, someone that can do that football inside. Mm-hmm. If Don Wren would swallow his pride for five minutes instead of thinking he's the top dog and go and get himself a head of footballing director yeah. who can oversee the football inside of that, that aspect and you know leave Don Wren to the business side of it and all of that, we would take massive strides forward. But Don Wren wants everything done his way. Yeah. And it's so scary that... This man is still running the club, to be honest. Forget the, the monk sacking, because that has elements of understanding. But everything he does... Again, the statement this afternoon, I think, was... or uh, I think it was the interview with Pep or something this afternoon. Don Wren's going to oversee a large portion of the, the, the transfers, if they happen. What is he gonna? What does he know? Yeah. <laughs> what What does he actually know? He probably knows no more than what we do. He's not a scout. He's not a. Yeah. He has another experience in the game. Yeah. yeah. It, it worries me. It really does worry me. Um, and that brings me on to. Blues haven't yet, if you exclude Gary Gardner, haven't yet signed anyone. The date is the twenty seventh yeah. of June. While it's not panic stations, we aren't leaving ourselves a load of time to bed them in. Yeah, there's not um, not a lot of rumours knocking about either, no. which um, doesn't usually bode well. Um, I mean, rumours are rumours, anybody can make anything up, but um, usually around this time we've got something concrete knocking about for a few different players, yeah. um, whether like targeting or and at the minute with Blues, it doesn't look very bright. I mentioned earlier as well, um, Cardiff made three fairly good signings today. Mm. Joe Day, Curtis Nelson and Will Vaux. And it just feels like other teams are already, you know, we've got their plan in place. So I think Blues are a little, it feels like they're out in the wilderness a little bit in terms of who they want to, who they want to acquire. Um, and it's just, yeah, yeah, it, it, again, it's not filling the fans with confidence. I think the idea ahead of a season is to build this anticipation, excitement, and then give fans reassurance that we're going in a, in a direction. Whether we go up, no one's expecting us to go up. But fans were expecting a little bit of progression on last year, which would be maybe top half, maybe. Um, anything from 12, I would have said, was a, a good season. And... To do that, this this squad is going to need, for me, five players. This squad needs at, five at players, least. at least. This is with what we've got now. You look at the youth. They, they talk about youth coming through. Jude Bellingham is evidently going to be played next season. Yeah. That that fills me with a bit of excitement because this kid looks good. Like Wes Harding obviously has come through, Charlie Lakin's come through, Charlie Lakin will get his chance next year again to, to work a little bit harder. Steve Seddon coming back from Stevenage. 
um, Wimbledon. He was he was quite impressive actually. Yeah, he was he was impressive. Yeah. Um, both operating left back and left mid. Um, he's, he's got a bit about him. But um, oh, Viv's back, isn't he? Should have been him off. <sighs> I think Viv's like Viv's such an, an enigma for me. I can't. I can't figure him out because the kid looks like he's got blistering pace. He's got a bag of tricks, but he never seems to do anything. Yeah. Anyway, he went to Portsmouth and he didn't exactly set the world on fire. Yeah, but but I don't think that playoff semi final exactly um, worked wonders in terms of giving up, giving him a lift up. No, it really didn't. And this is what worries me. The longer the days go on, I'm not sitting here saying let's panic. I'm not sitting here saying. Blues are definitely not signing anyone because I think we will. I think yeah. we'll bring in some people. I'm pretty confident of that. If we don't, well, yeah, panic. Um, the youth simply won't cut it. We do need to bring some through. Jude's going to come through. Uh, I, I would like to see Steve Seddon come in as a rotation with Pedersen. I've seen grounds in pictures in, in pre-season training. That doesn't have <laughs> confidence at all. To have grounds back would be that's a backwards move for Blues. And, you know... As it stands, Morrison's gone. From what I know, he's gone, which is a, a crying shame. The, yeah. the club captain's just been dumped on his ass after five seasons of loyalty. It's a shame, yeah. It's it's almost like a, a silence over it as well. Um, you'd like to know, wouldn't you? Really, um, especially yeah, it's been he's been a great servant to the club. Um, always gave one hundred and ten percent. In like every game, what he lacked in quality, yeah, what he lacked in quality, he made up with with his just pure effort and stuff. And it it would have been nice if you know if if he is well, it seems it's inevitable that he's going to depart. Yeah, um, Blues could have at least given him a bit of a nice send off, but could have done it in a better way. Yeah, we've not even announced that he's gone or he's going or what's happening. There's just pure silence on the situation. It just doesn't sit right with me personally no. and it's just like I say it's the it's the silence that's killing people at the minute and the lack of rumours I know that there's rumours of of Jack Payne this afternoon he's been released by Huddersfield and we're interested I've also heard that we were interested and no longer interested he was someone that Monk was looking at yeah. and now that one's kind of fizzled uh, he's a decent player if he'd have been a squad player I would have took that. Definitely not a starting midfielder. No. Wouldn't have filled me with confidence. Moy Gomez was one I heard last week. Mm. I heard his name mentioned in previous weeks by some people. Don't disclose sources. <laughs> and I know that we, we, we have been looked at him a few times. We've had some scouts out in Spain. Anyway. And I've, I've watched him a few years back at Villarreal. What a talent. Yeah. I'm not saying he's going to be Premier League talent, but if we could get him in at this level, I think that is a big statement. If you could get someone like that in, sort of talent. Um, but I don't know what's happened with that one. It's gone a bit quiet. That's the kind of player you want if you're going to implement this system. While I love Michael Morrison, while I think he's a great captain and and, and a decent leader, he's not going to be able to play passing out from the back football. And, you know, slaughter me if you want, that's fine. But Mark Roberts was a better fo- is a better footballer than Michael Morrison is. Yeah. And people will probably have my head on the chopping board for that one. 
which I, I always oh, say something once a week. But Mark Roberts did not cost us three point five million because he's a bad centre back. Yeah, I, I feel a bit. He moved. He kind of got kind of under pressure a little bit, wasn't he? As well, yeah, his yeah. confidence confidence went straight away. Like there wasn't an ounce of confidence when he was like during that period after after Redknapp and, yeah. and stuff. And obviously, he, he got his break against against Blackburn when he, he was off injured, and yeah, pretty much as soon as it started, I think give him a give him a year. If the season he had at Barnsley, he was he was exceptional. He yeah. was he was a real leader on the pitch. He, he carried them at times, and I just think there's a player. There's definitely a player in there. Yeah, just whether he can be on earth or not. And you know, he played the last two games of the season when Dean and Morrison were out. Was man of the match at Reading. Was f- phenomenal. I thought his performance was excellent. The thing is, as well, if we're going to implement this system, you need someone that can pass the ball. Morrison couldn't pass the ball. I love the bloke. This is not me slagging him off, but you got to look at it constructively. He couldn't pass. Yeah. Mark Roberts can find a pass. Can be a bit shaky, but I think that's his confidence at the minute. Harley Dean certainly can play football because yeah. he's come from Brentford. He's got that philosophy embedded in him. He knows how to play football. He comes out from the back, he's confident on the ball. He needs someone to partner him. Mark Roberts can do that job, but then we've only got two centre-backs at the minute. Wes can fill in, but we need another ball-playing centre-back. We need to recruit two, I think. I would say two, to be safe. But if they're looking on the cheap, we do one and bring Wes in as, as cover as well, if needed. Um, we need two central midfielders. Yeah. And we need two wingers. It's easy to forget because um, Keith's obviously out till December. Yeah, I would say. yeah, at, at, at least. At, at, yeah, the earliest, which is almost like losing it, man. It really basically gone for most of the season, which is which is a shame because you know again, but Keith Dembeld is a is a warrior, but he's not a footballer. Footballer, nah, footballer. Yeah. David Davis has, for me, and again, I'll get criticised for this. Has got a little bit more about him. Kifton Belt on the ball, but isn't as. But, he's, but, he's, <laughs> but again, he just. They're not midfield. They're not, it might be a little more, but it isn't much by any means. Yeah, it's not much, yeah. He's, he's just, he's just like a dog that chases the ball around the middle of the park. That, a lot of our midfielders are. Yeah. Like, you know, Gary Gardner's our best passer with the ball in that midfield at the minute. And at times, he's just a ball winning midfielder. He's someone that will sit there and, and win the ball back for us. This is why this system worries me the most. Is because that midfield, all the way across that midfield, if we were to play four in midfield again, you know, off a template, who in that midfield can you say they're going to run the show for us? They can pass a football. They can keep possession. Magoma on the left. I love Magoma. He's a good option. Quick. He's strong. Can't play. He's not got this. He's not a technical player. He's not a hotter. Hotter could play football. It was very lightweight. Mm, no, there's nothing in that midfield at the minute for me. I, I did say Hotter was a, was a player. I, I probably said last year Hotter was a, a player that you tend to build your team around. Yeah. Um, and if if Blues were to get him, like, we seen how he played in the, in the diamond, and like he was exceptional at times. Just it was the burdens that came with it. Obviously, weren't well, didn't outweigh, but. I, I don't know um, the whole hotter thing like 
he was a great player. It, um, it's a shame Blues have lost him, but obviously all, all financial sides of it and the, the imbalance it sometimes it caused the team if you were to put him in a diamond. Um, there are obviously positives and negatives, but yeah. if, if obviously the board want to play in an attractive manner, then you think first and foremost that is the first player you'd want on the team sheet. I, I bought that, yeah. I, I thought, obviously, we didn't know at the time when Arthur went that things were going to change, mm. so I was a bit more accepting of it. I thought, okay, he's going to probably bring in someone with a bit more power and pace on that right hand side, and I accept that. But to lose him and then to say we're going to change the style of play makes no sense other than the financial side of it where his wages were crippling. They were really bad. And by the sounds of it, we got somewhere between four or five million for him. And Gary Gardner came back, which we wanted back, really. We covered our losses. Yeah. Yeah. We, did, we didn't really make a loss on Hotter as, as, as such. But it's a shame because he got he's been absolutely hammered by Blues fans for the last two seasons because he his, the expectation on him was huge coming in as our record signing, what he'd done at Brentford, but we didn't give him that platform to do what he did at Brentford. It, you watched him at QPR in that first half. He was magic. He was, yeah, he was, he was magic. exceptional. You know, we can say Shea Adams got a, a hat-trick there, but he got the corner for Harley Dean's header. He played that little reverse ball for Adams to go around the goalkeeper. He played the back heel for the fourth goal. Yeah. The man ran the show that day, and they couldn't they couldn't deal with him. That's the kind of player you want if you're going to go for this. All right, Potter's gone. Let's not cry over spilled milk, but we need another one of that. Moy Gomez is another player that can do that. I can't see us going and signing five or six players of that ilk. We simply don't have the money. I mean, that's that is another thing. We obviously don't have don't know how much money we've got. Um, I mean, like we could sit here all day and list the name, like names of players who we think Blues could buy or should buy, or be, yeah, would like there's there's loads, whether it be Championship, League One, League Two, um, but at the end of the day, it's just it's a, it's a really uncertain situation, yeah, and one that is in the next. Six weeks, we're going to see what sort of situation overall the club is in. Well, that's it's it. It's a telling six weeks. It's a massive six weeks. We ideally need the new signings in before we start the games back home. So they're not going to be in time for when we go to the pre-season camp in Portugal, but they need to be here when we're playing the Swindon and uh, Bristol Rovers. If they're not, why, why? Because we were already missing a month at the start of the season then to get them bedded in. So for me, it's a bit pointless. Uh, the, the recruitment will define our season. The recruitment to bring in those attacking players, especially, will define our season. However, instead of going in and what, what's coming in, going out, Adams is... They're going to fight tooth and nail for him by the sounds of it. Um, 15 million turned down last week from Southampton or this week earlier this week yeah. 25 million is the asking price and the club are determined to keep him what's, what's your thoughts on that obviously we could bankroll the club with that yeah yeah it's, it's too fair it's, it's I thought Blues would be willing to roll over um, 
probably a couple of months ago. I think I thought a bid would come their way about 15 mil and they'd probably accept it. Yeah. So it's quite refreshing to see that they're standing firm on this one. I mean, it, I, we have, when was the last time we had a player like Shane such an impact like this. Yeah. I would say no, again, Marlon King was the last player that made an impact yeah. like this coming in, like his twenty odd goals. Well he's just he's just a it's just a raw talent. You don't yeah the way he's developed over the past eighteen months is is incredible. And we all know we all knew he sort of had a like had it in him. Yeah. But I uh, he's he's just been able to complement his like his physical presence, his pace, you know, he's he's more he thinks more now, like the way he runs into the channels and stuff. He's just he's an all round striker, and he'll be a, a credit to any Premier League team by by yeah. mile. I think I think if he did sign for a Premier League club, he would he would make an impact. That's it. It's infuriating me watching some of the comments on Twitter, like Southampton fans saying he's not worth twenty five million. How can you say that in the current market and a player that scored twenty three goals last season, and not just that his overall work watch the kid play he is a 25 million pound player where are you going to go and get a player like him yeah that's worth anything that you can pay anything less than 25 they're going after a um a chap i don't know his name for 15 million he scored 11 uh, 10 goals last season for his own club but they value him at 15 million how can you value someone that's called 23 not at 25 um and they're saying it's because he's not proven well you know, there's a lot of players that make that step up, like Andre Gray and, and, and that, and Chris Wood, who were championship proven, but they said, oh, they're not going to make it. But then they, they make the step up and yeah. look at the goals now, they're banging in goals. Of all the teams I thought that would, say, uh, you know, that would be willing to take a gamble on, which I, mean, I would have said Southampton, like, but obviously you like, prove I'm wrong with it. But if, yeah. if Manu was spending, what was it, 23 million on Daniel James? Was it 23? Uh, 20 million. Yes, yeah, and 50 odd million on Wan Bissaka. He's only had one good season again, forgetting like Southampton fans saying he's only had one good season. Wan Bissaka's only had one good season, but he's been valued at 50. It doesn't make much sense. The valuations that Southampton fans keep banging on about makes no sense. And I'm glad we're standing firm, to be honest, because if, again, he's another player that you build your team around. If we can build a team around Che, we give ourselves a fighting chance because we know we're going to get 20 goals out of him next season yeah. again, you know, around that area. Um, so I don't know. Like the, the squad is the squad. The squad's got a core, but lacks yeah. the quality around it, and it's got a lack of layers. It, it really does, and obviously it's going to only time will tell um, where we finish with that one. Um, but I think that just about wraps it up for this week's episode. Um, Jacob, I'd like to thank you for coming on. I'd like to thank you, and I'd like to obviously. Um, we don't know if you're going to be regular. It's all up to you. It's all <laughs> no, I'd love. I was bricking it out here. I'm not going to lie, but um, <laughs> I've I've actually enjoyed it. I'm, I'll probably get roasted by a few people, but uh, I'll take no, I'll take it. I'll take it on board. Um, it's all part of it's all part of the plan. And obviously, guys, thank you so much. If you have uh, enjoyed it, don't forget leave a like as you always do. Leave a comment, obviously, on the the thoughts and and, and what your thoughts are going on uh, the club currently. It's it's not. The easiest situation, obviously, Blues are, are in a bit of a how do we put it? A bit of limbo at the minute. Yeah, but is. obviously, I want to know your thoughts on it. I think there was like two hundred comments on the last um, last video, so 
Uh, I really appreciate that. So if you leave your thoughts, I do read them all, despite the some of the comments. A bit strange. <laughs> uh, but Jacob, we'd like to thank you. Um, right, thank you. Hopefully see you next week or at some point. Is that? Yeah. Um, and obviously we'll have, probably have Mark and Emily back, obviously when they're feeling a little bit better with that one, guys. But thank you so much and uh, catch you next week.